um, welcome to the, the podcast. I guess since this is technically probably going to be the first episode, I guess I should do an intro, to an extent, at least. Um, today I'm going to be reading a fic. I mean, not the whole thing, it's pretty long, actually. I'll read it over time. Um, but on this podcast, I also hang out with friends. We talk about stupid shit, like we did a, a test go last night. And we were talking about shit like, uh, like bee sex and the way pineapples are grown. It was, it was pretty whack. Not gonna lie. Um, I will warn you for this one. I'm not good at reading aloud. Um, so we're, we're gonna see how that goes. Uh, yeah, that's the intro. <laughs> okay, so, um, today I'm reading the first chapter of the fic, it's on AO3, it's called Reese's Peanut Butter Cups by Mallory D'Angelo. I might be saying that wrong. I apologize if I am. Um, just a quick little note, the fic has uh, bits where it deals with dissociation, manipulation, derealization, and also touches on rough topics like abandonment and drug use. Um, so if these are things that you f- think you'll maybe have like issues with, I don't recommend listening to this. Just stay safe. Okay, um, when Tommy was three years old, he felt disappointment for the first time. It wasn't the itchy suit or the lack of promised candy, but the fact that his guardian wasn't there to tell him that everything is okay. She was in a box in the middle of a silent room, sleeping. Tell me she was dead. Sorry, I shouldn't comment. I'm just reading it. Um, Tommy won't remember this, sitting in a weird office, playing with blocks. He won't remember the people coming into the room saying hello to him, considering their options. He was a loud toddler, and very energetic. Eventually, a couple comes in and talks to the toddler for a few minutes. Tommy doesn't know many words yet, but doesn't stop him from rambling on and very... Fuck. Rambling on and on very loudly and excitedly. It's constantly story time with him. He tells everyone he meets everything he knows about whatever toy he's holding. He tells them about their families, their livelihoods, how amazing all of their superpowers are. All of Tommy's toys have superpowers. The toddler soon picked up as a foster child for a couple who is known for early development teaching. Well, teaching, sorry. This basically means that Tommy will be taught new words and skills quickly with an iron fist. Tommy won't remember this couple or all the other small children in the large home, but he'll remember how to be on his toes peeking, sorry, he'll remember how to be on his toes peeking around corners and how scared he always feels when he has to write his name on a piece of paper because it's so hard to write letters. When Tommy was nine years old, he felt anger for the first time. He's felt angry before about little things like kids at the school picking on him or his guardians just being rude in general. Foster siblings, however, are to blame for most of the time like just now, when they push him to the ground. First punch collides with his cheek, and foot kicks his thigh. He yells out, squirming to get away. His hands are held down by the oldest sibling, while the middle two beat the youngest. The guardians had grounded the four of them for something Tommy did, or forgot to do. The chore chart has changed six times this week, and Tommy forgot to do one of his own. Later that night, after Tommy cleans up for the fight, sorry, from the front, Oh my god. From the fight, he goes to the kitchen to eat dinner. 
The two guardians make some weird cheap version of oatmeal for dinner as punishment for the chores. Then they order pizza for themselves. The siblings only gain one mm, only gain more fuel to hit to hit Tommy again later. Except after the couple goes to bed, the foster siblings lay down as well. He doesn't expect it, but doesn't change his plan. He just goes faster, packing up his backpack with clothes, food he's stolen, and some extra things he might need. He takes his bag and heads down the stairs with, with silent feet. He then opens the door and leaves. Tommy is missing for three days. Police eventually find him in the woods, sleeping under a dead tree. The anger in the boy is turned to defeat as he's transferred back to a group home. The words flight risk are swiftly put into the boy's file permanently. Tommy doesn't see the issue, though. He'll be 18 soon enough, and those words will mean nothing when he's on his own someday. When Tommy turns 13, he feels tired for the first time. Really tired. The kind of tired that you feel after after four years of barred windows and locked bedroom doors. The kind of tired you feel when every meal is a gamble. The kind of tired you feel when you've given up on caring where you are or who you meet. The kind of tired that has Tommy's new guardian canceling a first night dinner on his birthday. He just arrived at this house today and they've already gotten him a birthday card with $20 inside. Tommy didn't waste a second to pocket the cash. His new guardian, Schlatt, or whatever, whatever kind of name that is, had to make instant noodles for dinner. Tommy sits at the table, digging through the soupy bowl without an appetite. He watches Schlatt make two extra bowls and leave in the microwave to stay warm. After 20 minutes of pretending to consider eating, Schlatt pipes up. Why don't you head to bed for the night, kid? You look like a train wreck, he says, with what could be seen as an unusually calm voice. Of course, Tommy had only ever seen this set of guardians until at least day two, so this wasn't new. He knew Schlatt would eventually be a dick and punish him for wasting hard-earned food. Nevertheless, Tommy nods and heads back up to the empty room. He lays in bed after sh shoving the suitcase to the floor. He stares at the ceiling to let himself relax for a while until he hears a door and two very loud footsteps rushing in, along with the sound of rain. Maybe he should close his door? He was at the end of the hallway, so if anyone went to his door, they'd pass all They'd pass all the other stops. If they needed him, he'd see them. He also liked to watch shadows on the walls to see where everyone went at night, so you can remember the routine for later use. He heard voices, and then a sh- a schlatt, telling the two people to calm their asses down due to a sleeping child. He wasn't a child, but an asshole. Soon enough, though, he could no longer hear the loud voices. He still heard running around by the younger-sounding voice, at least he assumed it was a younger one. Eventually, the three downstairs ate and went to bed. Tommy never slept on his first night. He was always too nervous. No, Tommy didn't get nervous. He's a big man. He's just observing. Sorry, I don't know this word. Incredulously? Sorry, I don't know the word. Um, incredulously? That's probably not right, but whatever. Every moment, every snore, every ounce of weight being shifted, he likes to blame it on him, planning his escape, telling himself he can tell how light of a sleeper someone is just by their snoring and tossing patterns. Maybe he could, but also he definitely couldn't. This is a very bad judge of character. No, not this is. He is a very bad judge of character. Always has been, and probably always will be. 
The night pushed on slowly. He, he um, mentally noting all the times and sleep patterns that he could hear, he sits at the empty desk eventually and unpacked his school supplies. They had him take his bag around with him since the year was almost over. The last month of school and being the new kid, this should be so exciting. Tommy hates school, genuinely, full-heartedly. He hated meeting new people just for them to either pick on him or make him sad when he had to leave. He had teachers and how they either babied him or didn't give him enough time and just time to adjust and dump homework on him. He hated having to be in crowds or being singled out or failing a class he's actually trying. He hated all of it, and honestly, if he wasn't a freshman, he would just drop out now. Tommy dwelled on school throughout the rest of the night. He decided to move back to his bed at some point and pretend to sleep. When Schlatt checked on him, it was easily 6.30 in the morning. He waited an hour before waking. When the clock hits 7.30, Tommy gets out of bed. He's dressed in clothes that don't smell awful and moves to the kitchen on light feet. He sees Schlatt sipping coffee. Music bounced off the walls despite the early hour. Surprisingly, he isn't being rushed to get ready for school. However, it is Thursday, so they might just have him wait until Monday. Either way, it still feels odd. Schlatt makes four plates of eggs and toast and then turns with his mouth open to yell. Tommy's presence seems to start a man. Hey, kiddo, good morning. I didn't expect you to be awake already. Do you like eggs? Tubs like them a little too much, but we've got cereal and eggos. Schlatt speaks in what sounds like a more natural tone. Before coffee, Tommy assumes Tubbs is a nickname for whoever he heard last night. Eggs are fine, Tommy replies. Then Schlatt yells upstairs for whoever else is up there to come down. J did you sleep well? Honestly, kid, you look like a wreck, Schlatt says. He hated the EMP. No pity in the man's voice. Oh, EMP, I'm dumb. It's em empathy, but oh my god. Okay, whatever. I slept fine, he says again, sitting at the far side of the table away from Schlatt. Soon, light feet lazily flop down the stairs, and a boy who seems to be around, about, mm, around Tommy's age appears around the wall. The boy looks exhausted until his eyes meet Tommy's. Then, the kid lights up. Hello, my name's Toby, but you can call me Tubbo. What's your name? Oh gosh, we're going to be best friends, like, forever. And we'll build forts and fires and go play and calm down, Tubbs. I haven't had coffee yet. Go wake up to Connor and tell him to get up. You have class today. Schlatt interrupts the boy. Toby? Tubbo? Who cares? Not Tommy. Tubbo runs back up the stairs and comes back down with another man who looks like he was ready to murder the kid for waking him so early. Both of them sit at the table, Schlatt, passing a mug of coffee to the man in blue pajamas. This is Connor. He lives with us. He might let you play some of his games later after class. Speaking of, did you have any notebooks or anything with you? Schlatt asks, sipping his coffee. He can smell the bitterness from here, but Tommy nods, and Schlatt does as well. Soon, everyone is eating. Tubbo seems to make a mess just by looking at things wrong, but once he cleans up, everyone starts getting ready to leave. Tommy is instructed to wear something warm for the weather. He puts on a light jacket that he could shove in his bag later if needed, and then gets his sorry excuse of a book bag and slings it over his shoulder. He walks back downstairs to find Tubbo in a raincoat and boots. Schlatt comes down in. 
a fucking white shirt and black pants. The fancy kind, with a collar and everything. What the shit? Soon, both boys are bustled into the car. Schlatt takes the driver's seat and Connor takes the passenger side. Tubbo seems to be bra- Oh my god. Seems to be vibrating with excitement. So, Tubbo does homeschooling. He's a lot better at learning when he's doing. So, we'll do that today with you. We're going to the museum. If you get bored, that's alright. Just let us know. It'll be a chill day. We can talk about school later if you end up not liking this setting. But for now, both of you write down six types of terrain you see on the drive. Shot passes pens back to the boys. The two boys take the pens and Tommy uses the opportunity to stare out the window. If you need help, I'm really good at this, Tubbo says quietly to Tommy. Tommy shakes his head and doesn't speak. He writes down a few things he knows. Plains, hills, cliff, and swamp. But other than the basic, he doesn't know what the hell kind of terrain Schlatt was asking for. And honestly, he didn't know whether to panic or accept that he'll be grounded for failing later. So he sewed for an in-between before they pulled into a parking garage. The waves of confusion come slowly. When Schlatt sees Tommy's paper, he smiles and tells him he did a nice job. And he does the same for Tubbo when he shows him a list of ten. As they walk into the museum, Tommy stays behind the group's behind the group of three in front of him. They like dinosaurs, sure, but Tubbo seems to hop from one plaque to another. Make a list of like ten facts you find in each section of the museum. Try to use detail, make guesses, Shot says. Connor seems to be reading some of the plaques to Tubbo, and Tommy sort of wanders away. He figures since Slat didn't care about the first list, he could bullshit a second one. This doesn't seem like school by any means. It feels like more of an educational trip. Shitty moms would have when they didn't want to wake up early enough to make their snotty-nosed kids get on a bus. At some point, Tommy finds interest in the mock-up train station the museum had. He walks around each car, reading about the different mechanics of each of the system. Of each of the, oh my god. Reading about the different mechanics each of the part. The different mechanics each part of the steam engine had. After a while, Schlatt walks onto the train. Hey, Tommy, learning anything new? Learning lots. Tommy was a bit sarcastic, but he wasn't lying. Okay, maybe. I have to ask, you know, playing teacher today. Usually, Tub and I work on books and watch a tutor teach a lesson. But I figured you would have more fun going out. Tommy nods, so I'd much rather be at the house doing a workbook. Is this what the lists are for? For you to feel like we're learning? Mostly? Tubbo has a hard time remembering what he reads. He has a hard time with reading in general, so this is mostly to help with that. If he's seeing the concept being used in the writing, like seeing the dinosaur in front of him while he reads, he retains better. I know every kid learns differently, and will work on that for you, but if it's too easy, relax. If it's too hard, don't do it. Today's for bonding, Schlatt says. Then he slaps a hand onto Tommy's shoulder, which immediately causes the boy to tense and wince. Schlatt notices the difference in the air and backs off rather quickly. Sorry, I didn't realize. Fuck off, Tommy says, pulling his jacket tighter and walking out of the train. Okay, that's the first chapter. Um, I'll be reading the second one and all the rest, probably. I don't know if it's if the last chapter is out, but if it's not, I know that it will be soon. So this is mostly finished. Hang on, I'm trying to look. Yeah, it's completed. There's 40, there's 42 chapters total. Um, so this is the first episode. Sorry, I, I know that the reading is probably 
cringe. Um, but thanks for sticking with it. See you next time.